Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Oh, no, no, it's not Mackie and Judd right now. It's part of the brand, of course, but what it is is bonus scoop time. And, in fact, we're all together in the same studio, a very rare personal appearance, Judd Declan producing and the star of the show, Darren Doogie Wolfson. Yes, that's right. Look in that camera. Look in that camera. Channel 5 Eyewitness News Scoop Podcast fame, the man that brings us scoops on Tuesdays and Thursdays right here as well. Good afternoon, sir. What's going on? Hello, Judd. Kumbaya. Let's hold hands. We're all here. Although Declan's behind the glass, but we can hold hands. We can sing Kumbaya. No, all is well. Happy day after May Day. Happy, what, two days before May the 4th be with you. Happy three days before Cinco de Mayo. So fun week. I like it. Very good. Very good. All right, let's start here. Let's start with Vikings. Um, Draft is done now. Uh, Next to come up is schedule release, which I think is May 9th, and then... May that, 11th. May 11th, okay. Thursday. And then that's going to be followed by, obviously, um, the Vikings off-season camps. But with the draft in the rearview mirror now, Darren, what can you tell us about the Vikings and what we just uh, saw for a three-day period, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Absolutely. Now, we will actually have access. So one other thing, we will have access to some guys tomorrow, Okay, Wednesday the 3rd, We'll actually have access from a TV standpoint to actually capture video of guys working out. I don't know specifically who will, who will end up and stuff? talking to us. Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, you know, throwing around the medicine ball, whatever. I mean, Come maybe some outdoor work, work, indoor out. work. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Need to do that what do you got? That. Peloton? Oh, yeah, what do you got? What do you do at home? I just do some sit-ups, some push-ups. You know how it goes. Okay. I'm a very simplistic person. Well, weigh the two. Should we go get oh. some video of yep. you name the Viking, or should we head over to St. Louis Park? <laughs> Judd Zolgad. Yeah. <laughs> and he is Stella is that working Davenport, or is that Zolgad? Yeah, that's it? exactly right. Yeah, is that Dean Lowry, or is that Judd Zolgad? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we will get some access tomorrow, Wednesday, and then, yeah, heading into late next week, a week from Friday, we'll get some access with the rookie minicamp. So the rookie minicamp is not this week. Mm-hmm. It is next week, then eventually... You know, the team mini camps and all that stuff. So things are definitely ramping up in Egan. On the draft. So, Judd, my understanding is the New York Giants. Now, were they at pick 25 or 24? So the Vikings were at 23. Were the Giants, Declan, at 25? I think they were 25. They went Deontay Banks, who the Vikings did like. They brought him in for a visit, the cornerback from Maryland. Mm -hmm. The Giants wanted Zay Flowers. So Flowers goes pick 22. They also really, really liked Jordan Addison. So he was going to go to the Giants at 25 if he was still on the board. 
The Saints and the Chiefs. The Saints were at 28 or 29. I know the Chiefs were at 31, the last pick of the first round. 32 teams, of course, but the Dolphins stripped of of that first round pick. So the Chiefs, for sure, I was told, at 31, mm-hmm. wanted to move up to 23 for Addison. But if you go from 23 to 31, mm-hmm. what does the board then look like? Now, maybe if they knew for sure that Joey Porter Jr. was going to be on the board, maybe they revisit some of that dialogue. But I just know how happy they are with Jordan Addison. But they tried to move back. Then you look at the other picks. Did they pick at any original spot? Those were all trades, right, Jed? Correct me if I'm wrong. So four draft weekend trades, six last year, Yep. four this year. So like they were supposed to pick at 87, end up picking at 102. They did not pick in any of the other original spots. I'm looking at it right now. They did not beyond first round. So, I mean, that's a pattern, right? Six draft weekend trades last year. Yeah, he likes to trade back. Four now this year, right? So now two years of evidence we now know. Yes. Heading into the 2024 draft. Now, they don't have a three. That's from the TJ Hawkinson trade. Mm-hmm. But they have a one and a two and other, you know, day three picks next year. That Quasi inevitably is going to look once again in 2024 yes. to move backwards. But on Addison, I hear a lot of good stuff. Now, I understand it. I had a nice conversation yesterday with Dennis Simmons. He's the USC wide receivers coach slash assistant head coach. So I get it, right? He works for the Trojans. He is very biased for his guy. But the way he described, and I did a Zoom, so just reading his facial expression, just the way he was gushing Breaking it down. about Addison, how they used him inside, outside, even at times in the backfield. He just he thinks Jordan's ceiling is very, very high. I've had other people tell me, go back to when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. So in high school, he played a good amount of option quarterback also played cornerback, only played a little bit of receiver, did play some receiver, but he wasn't exclusive a receiver in high school. Then goes to the University of Pittsburgh, had some bigger programs like Notre Dame wanting him to play defensive back, but he wanted to be a receiver. He goes to Pittsburgh as a true freshman with minimal receiving experience. Oh, by the way, the pandemic was still very much a thing, sure. right? Just building chemistry with the other receivers, with his quarterback. It was a difficult time. He shines. Like, look at his freshman numbers. Really, really good. Second year at Pitt. Bolitnikoff Award winner. Best receiver in college football. Sophomore year. Then NIL. A coach left, right? I mean, he can point to some other things, but NIL was a California call. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, I mean, heck, you can make more (laughs) money at USC than you can at Pittsburgh. He ends up at USC for that third year, but he is not close to touching his ceiling. So I really, really like the pick. Receiver doesn't surprise me. I know a lot of people thought cornerback, hey, different circumstances, they would have taken a cornerback or a defensive lineman, but them going wide receiver didn't shock me. So I got a question for you, Um, and this is just to be very, very, very very clear. It's not going to surprise you. This is completely reckless speculation on my part. Bring it on. It's only Tuesday, but hey, no, I know it's a lifestyle. So whether it's Thursday, Tuesday, exactly. you bring it always up. have to be prepared. Absolutely. But when it comes to re- recklessly speculating, did you watch the video from the first round? It was very brief that the Vikings put out after the pick was made. I've heard about it, but why don't okay. you? I'll summarize it for, for you yeah. and tell you why. And I'm curious if there's in any scuttlebutt about this that you have heard. 
it's very clear, and they didn't really mean to do this, but they did, and it was great. It was very clear, to your point, Quasi was on the phone. And as you said, Quasi clearly has a pension to trade back. And you can see O'Connell start to just sort of grow disgruntled <laughs> because, you know, there's a receiver there. Last year you tw- you traded from 12 with receivers available to 32. And you can and and then as the clip progresses, Ryan Grigson all of a sudden is sort of in the middle of the room indicating we got to get the pick in. And they finally do. And then the last part, and the reason why I say I wonder if there was a bit of dissension here is because when Quasi calls Addison initially to say, you know, congratulations, you're a Viking. Uh, he says, we took it the shot clock down. Quasi says that to Jordan Addison. And O'Connell offhandedly, not being a jokester, said, yeah, you sure did. Um, I sensed that Quasi wanted to trade back, and I sensed that probably for the first time, because he didn't do it last year, Kevin O'Connell said, dude, stick to the plan. Because then Quasi says, we stuck to the plan. And again, O'Connell is almost relieved. Um, I have a feeling that there was a very big difference of opinion potentially for what the GM was thinking and the coach. And in this case, I will side most definitely, Doogie, with the coach because I think that they made the right move. Yes, I think they made the right move as well. And I don't want to suggest it was dissension. Difference of opinion? I think there was a consensus on, hey, if we stay at 23, the way the board shook out, we really, really like Jordan Addison. We had him in for a pre-draft visit. We've done all this work on him. We know the kid really, really well. We really like him, right? I think the difference of opinion was how far can we move back? Right. But I think they, at least some people in that room, had the intel that the Giants really, really liked Jordan Addison. So you couldn't slide back too far. The other guy, I brought this up last week. Mm -hmm. I think they would have felt better about moving further back, like to 31, if Jameer Gibbs was still on the board. Now, he ends up going, what, 12th to Detroit. But I think that surprised a lot of people. Like, did anybody have Jameer Gibbs going that high? I'm just telling you, the Vikings really, really liked Jameer Gibbs with a thought that, hey, like, he'll be there late first round. Yeah, Detroit's first round shocked people. And they did like Deontay Banks, the cornerback from Maryland, had him in. For a visit, mm-hmm. but they also knew we can't move back too far. He is going to come off the board, but I think that run of receivers, Seattle, right? I mean, did a lot of people have Seattle going receiver with the kid from Ohio State, who the Vikings really, really liked? Mm-hmm. I think that would have been an interesting decision if Smith and Najigba and Addison were on the board. Like they absolutely could have gone Smith and Najigba over Addison. I'm not convinced i don't know this for sure but i'm not convinced addison was the number one receiver on their board but they really really liked him and yes i mean hey you bring up ryan grigson's name the former colts general manager i hope people realize the influence that he has you know i mean he's not doing a lot of media interviews you know he's very much behind the scenes yep but trust me he has his fingerprints all over roster management all over roster decisions but i don't want to suggest it was any sort of you know dissension but yeah i think i think you can read between some of those lines on on that video that they put out that they tried i mean absolutely tried i mean i think in an ideal world gibbs would have still been on the board you know maybe i thought that the giants wouldn't take addison that they would have been comfortable moving back either six 
or eight spots, but that was just too significant a drop back. On the Jaron Hall uh, front there, Duke, so they they take a quarterback there in the fifth round. Um, was he high on their board? Uh, obviously, everyone was kind of wondering if they were going to take a QB, and then it ends up being Hall from BYU in the fifth round. Did you hear any intel on how much they liked uh, Jaron Hall going into this draft? Yeah, I mean... So how many quarterbacks, Declan, do you know the exact number that went in front of Hall? Was it 10? I think... uh, 11? Was he the 11th quarterback taken? I think he was 12. Or was he 12? So 11 went in front? Which was the most in a draft, I believe. The most quarterbacks drafted in in a seven-round NFL draft. It was the most this year. All right, we'll put it this way. He was not the 11th or 12th quarterback on their board. They had him significantly higher. Now, I'm not suggesting he was 1, 2, 3, or even 4. But he was way higher on their board than 11 or 12. They did a considerable amount of work. I mean, I said that in the weeks leading up to the draft, that they had spent a lot of time with Jaron Hall. Now, he didn't officially visit like Tanner McKee of Stanford, but, you know, is that that big of a deal? They ended up drafting, okay, Addison Blackman also visited. So their top two picks visited. The running back they took in the seventh round visited. One of the undrafted free agents they signed visited. But that also means a bunch of the undrafted free agents they signed did not visit, you know, some of the middle round guys, the LSU guys, right, didn't visit. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how big a deal a visit is with this regime, but they did take some guys last year that visited as well. So to me, it's still noteworthy. But I can just tell you, Declan, based on the work they did, they love that arm strength. They love that experience. There's a lot of things that they like about Jaron Hall. They had him higher than the 11th or 12th quarterback. So they are very happy taking him now. This still feeds into what I've been saying for weeks, that this regime will swing now. And guess what? They absolutely could swing again in 2024. Like, I wouldn't dismiss that. Like, under Rick Spielman, okay. You swing on a quarterback, you're not taking a quarterback in that next draft. This regime absolutely may take a quarterback in 2024. I would not rule that out. And so um, post-draft, or at some point, I should say, on Saturday, Quasi had an interesting comment that, by the way, I sort of buy, which is, which is to paraphrase, you guys all think that Kirk is gone after 23. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case. What I have heard is that they basically have said, you know, Kirk, if, if we make a playoff run, you very well might come back. Yes. Um. So here's it what I buy. It may even be before that, though, Judd. Okay. Like, I had somebody in the last few days tell me, they could revisit those talks in July or August, so sometime before there, week one, that that they could end up extending Cousins before so what has to a happen? game is even played. But but like, did, does his uh, uh, price point have to come down? Like like, what would well, have to take place? I was told he was not looking for Daniel Jones money. Right now, he's not looking to take a significant pay cut. I don't think the players' association would look no greatly upon something like that, a player in his position, but agreed. He is not looking to break the bank. I was told he is not looking for what did Jones sign for? 40 million a year, 40 and a half million, 41 yeah. million. I think it was over He's 40. not quite looking for that. Now, you know, will he sign for 28 million or 31 million? No. Okay. But he's not looking for that Daniel Jones money. So it's not, it's not a case of what you just said that, that he would need to come off some sort of price point, lower that, okay. that price point. So it's probably just more based on will he accept the terms that the Vikings are willing to work under. Uh, at what point in time do you expect now the draft is done for, I'll start with this one, Dalvin Cook to be a former Viking? Yeah, I mean, I continue to sense, I mean, especially with, you know, Quasey late on Saturday suggesting that McBride, the running back they drafted from Birmingham, that they had a starter's grade 
on the young man, not necessarily a first round grade, but the right. point is they view him as a really, really good player. So that's just more evidence to me that the end is coming for Dalvin. I don't know the exact date, but I don't see Dalvin Cook here opening week. Now on Zadarius, I'm telling you, I'm leaving open a sliver I agree. of a chance. Like Dalvin, yes, gone. I'm not 100% on, on Zadarius. Very well could, right? So, you know, maybe I'm waffling here a little bit, but are they going to get more money though? Now. But are that, no, I think they get more money. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Daniil gets more money, right? And so if they make that decision, maybe that goes hand in hand Correct. with Zadarius. I was also curious on, you know, they didn't draft an offensive lineman, right? Mm-hmm. So would you go sign an offensive lineman? I mean, they can create cap space if they want to, right? I mean, they still haven't done anything with the Brian O'Neill contract. There are ways. I get it right this second. They are in salary cap hell, but there are certain things they can do to create some space. So I checked on like Billy Turner, my guy from Moundsview High School, just came off the board yesterday to the Jets. The Vikings were never in on Billy Turner. Mm-hmm. We can debate, but I think a lot of people would tell you the former Bronco, is it Risner or Reisner? Dalton, is it Reisner or Risner? I thought it was Risner. Okay, so anyway, the Vikings offensive line coach, you know, with his Denver ties, he was at Dalton's wedding. That's how close those two are. Oh, it's tampering. So I was thinking, hmm, what about the Vikings in on Dalton? And hey, maybe it changes at some point. Yep. But right this second, there has been nothing, zero dialogue. I think they like their line, dude. Dalton's he- camp and the Vikings. I think they do. I think as they well. like that line. Yeah, I think they like Ed Ingram a lot more than a lot of us do. I like him as a person, but that doesn't you know, matter. And dude. maybe they think there's more there, right? That that you know all those. You know, rookie hiccups and all that, right? I mean, he did start every game, right? That heading into Correct. year two, Ed Ingram can be a lot better. That Ezra Cleveland, a year in this system, okay, maybe more naturally a tackle, but he can make some money at guard. He's been playing guard now for a few years. Mm-hmm. That he's going to be that much better year two. Garrett Bradbury, so much better in 2022 compared to 2021. They re-sign him, beat out the Niners, some other teams, right? But convince him to come back, very reasonable money, that he can continue to improve. Then you feel great about the tackles. I mean, we don't need to touch on that. Brian O'Neill, all signs point to him being ready for the start of training camp. I don't know if that's out there or not, but all signs point to him being out there. Now, they may limit him those first handful of days. It may not be all out that first day in pads or anything like that, but Point is, signs point to Brian O'Neill being medically cleared by the start of training camp. Certainly good to go by week one, you know, barring any sort of setback. But the way it's trending, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a cause for concern with Brian O'Neill being ready by week one. All right, so you you j- just came back from the end of the season, Bill Guerin Wild press conference, which comes, of course, after what I uh, consider to be another very extremely disappointing first round ouster. The Wild hasn't been passed the second round in 2015. We actually on. Mackie and Judd played a clip from Bill Guerin. It seemed like the GM was pretty feisty. Give, give me the synopsis of what you saw from uh, Bill as he as he attempts to ward off the Russos of the world who want answers to why this team can't get past the first And round. it was a fair question by Russo. First sure it was. question was, what do you have to do to get over that first round hump? When you lose in the first round of the playoffs, seven consecutive Mike's often, years. Mike's fair. It was a fair People question. People just don't right? like the question sometimes. Bill then got very combative, right? Okay. That the goal is the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Not winning a playoff series. Well, Mike had to remind Bill, hey, guess what? To win four series, to ultimately <laughs> hoist Lord Stanley's Cup, 
Right? You need to win a series. Yes. To win four, you have to win one Thanks, to begin Arm. with. You have to win the game. So that's part of the process. Right? So that's the way the news conference started. It was Bill and Dean, the head coach, Dean Evason. Well, Dean ended up only getting, I have the log here. It was 22 or 23 questions. At one point, there were kind of two questions combined. Sure. Out of the 23, we'll call it 23 questions. Dean got one, two, three. So out of 23 questions, 20 for Garen, three for Evison. The first one for Evison came seven questions in. Bill also made a very lengthy opening statement, right? So by the time we heard from Dean Evison, we were already a good 10 to 12 minutes into the news conference. Now from a news standpoint, Marcus Johansson, that extension is done. Two years, $4 million, $2 million for each of the two years. It's not spread out, so it's an even two, then two. So that handcuffs them even more when thinking about the salary cap yeah. constraints with the buyouts of Ryan Suter, Zach Parisi, still handcuffing them in many ways the next couple years. The big one is Philip Gustafson, restricted free agent. So Bill, very confident that they will get a deal done with their so-called number one goalie, although Bill would not go as far as to call him a number one goalie because he said, hey, these number one goalies are making six, seven, eight million dollars a year. Don't think it'll take six or seven million. I can't million. afford to say that. Yeah, His so agent he, will come back and he use He went on the record, him. though, saying, hey, he doesn't think it's going to take that much to re-sign Philip Gustafson. But yeah, otherwise, it was just it was a lot of talk about you know the penalty kill being so good in the regular season and letting, letting them down in, in the playoffs, how hard it is. To win in this league, you know, all that stuff. On Kaprizov, he wasn't hurt. It was just a matter of finding a rhythm. I told you that. Did we talk on the phone late last week when I told you before game six that, you know, Matt Zuccarello, there was a lot of stuff. And I put this on a Channel 5 yeah. scoop session that yeah, Zuccarello was going to play yep. game six. But uh, groin issue, like he, he won 100%. Right. And so they went over a lot of that stuff. Freddie Gaudreau, abdominal issue. So he will undergo surgery. We know about Ewell Erickson Eck, the surgery for for his left fibula, the broken left fibula. So he underwent surgery soon after game three. Ryan Hartman, the knee was never right. Heard it in game one. And what was wrong with the knee? Two. Do we know? Uh, they didn't go into great detail. So I don't want to speculate too much yeah. on that. But just the knee, not 100%. Doesn't sound like surgery is like an immediate Thing. I, I mean, maybe sprain, down the road. Partial tear is my guess. Yeah, but it won't be a surgical procedure, sure. at least right now. So those were the guys that were that were dealing with with different ailments. But Freddie Gaudreau is is the new news with him needing abdominal surgery, an issue that goes back actually in Bill's words, uh, multiple months. Dudes, what about uh, what's your sense on Matt Dumba? Do you believe that there's something to be worked out here? Do we finally see the last, or did we see the last game? I should say with Matt Dumba in the in a wild jersey. I know he does a lot for the community. He's very beloved in the locker room, but it kind of feels like we might be watching uh, the last act of Matt Dumba in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't even know if it's kind of right, Declan. Just based on the salary cap constraints, you show me how they fit him in, right? But I mean, Bill was, you know, I mean, he, you know, he was very, very complimentary of Matt, everything that Matt's done for this organization, right? And, you know, he said him and Matt had a had a deep conversation yesterday. They'll continue the dialogue. I mean, I guess never say never, but I'm just saying you show me, 
like he can make decent money on the open market. He needs to go elsewhere. He's not taking a team friendly contract, a deep discount, maybe a tiny discount, but no. I just don't know. You look at the salary cap, you show me how exactly they fit Matt Dumba in. So it's unfortunate. But yes, I believe we have seen the last of Matt Dumba, at least for now. Maybe he finishes his career here. But for right now, the last of Matt Dumba in a wild uniform. They've got prospects there. They they don't need Correct. him back. No, no, no. He's gone. See you later. Yeah, I mean, Brock Bye. Faber, I mean, it's too bad. But I, you know, yeah. he'll never see Iowa. Right? Yeah. I mean, credit to Brock you know for being that good. Continue to do things here. Make this your home. A ton of pro athletes have done that. We love that. Stay here. Support the state. Yeah, he's got the house. You in just the South have Metro. to go elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing on the the. Uh, Wild. Dean Evason obviously is safe. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it know, sounded like Garen... they announced 11 a.m. Yeah. today news conference. Bill plus Dean. It sounds like then firing Dean Evason. So he's got two years left on his deal. Dean Evason is going to be back. Right, but Dukes, it does uh, sound like Garen left the door open that there could oh, be yes. assistant changes yes. because we've got a PK yeah. and a power play guy, and I would guess the the PK guy at the very least is going to be in trouble. Correct? Yes. You know, I mean, he was asked about that and said, "Hey, we haven't even really dug into that," which. To me, is GM speak Ed Donatel. in that moment. Tomorrow he's fired. But yes, I, yeah, I mean, the short answer is I expect some sort of staff change. Mm-hmm. You know, now maybe it's just one assistant spot, but yes, I, I foresee something happening. There has to be a fall guy for the way the season ended. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On to the Wolves. Um, you, I, I think, were the first person to broach the subject of the Washington Wizards having an interest in revisiting the potential of hiring the guy that now runs the Timberwolves, Tim Conley. What can you tell us about that smoke that uh, that definitely was written about after you brought up the subject? I haven't seen much since then. What's going on with Tim Conley and potentially at least the Wizards sniffing around the Wolves' top executive? Well, I mean, frankly... Just overall, that Wizards GM search, or I don't know if they're classifying it as a president of operations search, the leader of their front office search. I mean, frankly, you know, Connolly aside, I haven't heard or seen much out there at all, Mm. whether it's Trajan Langdon, Milt Newton. Now, Milt's one of my guys, right? Works for the Bucks now. Never really got that fair opportunity here with the Wolves, but Milt has earned the right to run his own front office. My understanding is very much in that Wizards mix. I continue to hear, you know, and maybe it just was in the moment when Tim Connolly the other day said, um, quote, pretty committed, quote, right now. Yeah. Just those words. <laughs> yeah. That was... There's some gray area there. Yeah. Right. I mean, he could have framed that. He could have said, I'm not going better. anywhere. Correct. I mean, he could have debunked the story very, very easily. 
I sense there's still something going on there. Now, I said last week, I'll continue to say until I hear otherwise. I think the timing is just so weird. I think it would have worked out a lot better a year from now, two mm-hmm. years in mm-hmm. to the Connolly regime, just based on my understanding of, you know, maybe some ways his contract is written. Now, hey, the Wolves can get really good compensation. You know, maybe if, you know, things line up, okay, you know, maybe you let him go. But I'm just telling you, until I hear otherwise, or, hey, the Wizards announce it's Trajan Langdon or Milt Newton or somebody else, I'll continue to pursue this storyline. Like, there's just there's nothing that's been told to me by numerous league people that know Tim that would say he's 100% committed to Minnesota. He's got no interest in going home. His wife has no interest in going home to the D.C. Baltimore area. Right Now, they lowballed him. In 2019. So I don't know exactly where that Ted Leonsis, Tim Connolly relationship stands, right? They didn't offer him $8 million a year like the Wolves did. They didn't offer him five years like the Wolves did, right? So there still might be some bad blood that Connolly turned down Ted in 2019. Ted Leonsis still owns the Wizards, so he's in charge of this search. But I'm just telling you, Judd, there are too many league people saying, hey, like, you still might want to pursue that storyline. Even if the timing's weird, even if you think Tim is going to be back with the Wolves, right? there's still enough smoke there that you can't just throw it into the garbage. He like, didn't dismiss just, it, man. Know, pay attention is basically what people have told me He didn't me dismiss to do. it. He easily could have said, I am here to stay. I love it here. My wife does. My kids do. Like, when you don't, when you answer the question the way he did, if that doesn't send up some red flares there, some flares, some red flags... Nothing's going to. Correct. I'm just saying, it's I'm very much still on my writer. I'd love to give you more right in this moment. I just don't have more right now, but I'm telling you, like I had I had an assistant coach, you know, and he's represented by a powerful, powerful agent who has many clients in front offices. Mm-hmm. They talk. He texted me the other day saying, hey, like, is Tim for sure going to Washington? I said, well, you know, I don't know that. I think the timing is you tell me. a bit goofy. He's like, well, you know, the buzz is still out there that, you know, one way or another, he'd love to end up there. Who right? signs now, again, off the on that? The timing may stink. The timing absolutely Darren. may stink, but that he'd love to end up there one day. Who signs off? Is, is that a Glenn thing or is that? That's an, a Glenn thing right now. Mark and yeah. Alex thing. Okay. Yeah, that's a Glenn thing. Yeah, Glenn even thing. though All right. Glenn didn't drive the bus on the Tim Conley that's hiring. Asking. I mean, I've said that a number of times. I'll reiterate it now. I mean, this was just Glenn. Like, I think Sachin Gupta gets elevated or they bring in somebody else, but it would not have been Tim Connolly. This was a Mark Laurie production. Sure, maybe A-Rod had some fingerprints on it, but sure. this was Mark Laurie. Mark Laurie is the guy responsible for Tim Connolly being here. Final scoops, man. What else you got for us today? Sure. So, the Gophers men's basketball program loses a recruit to St. Bonaventure. So, they bring this kid in, Charles Pride from Bryant. Good player. I mean, he's ready to play high major college basketball. How exactly do you lose a kid to St. Bonaventure? So I explored it, Judd. Yeah. Well, it turns out there's a famous alum of St. Bonaventure who has his fingerprints on pro basketball, who is said to be involved or was involved in some capacity. Now, his former high school coach is now on the St. Bonaventure staff. So that was a late hire that... I was told, or an assistant coach, somebody from his high school days is now working for, for St. Bonaventure. So that that is a lot to do with this, but it's also a reminder the Gophers are still behind on, on NIL, you know, opportunities to pay 
these guys. So there's still a bunch of guys in the portal, guys that can help them. I mean, there's a bunch of guys in the portal that can't help them, but there's still enough guys in the portal that can help them. But man, last week was was a downer. You lose one kid to St. Bonaventure, you lose another kid to VCU. It's like, really? What? You know, and so it hasn't been a a smooth ride here for the Gophers navigating the portal. There's a new kid in the portal, Blaine High School, Ray Mitchell, Rayquandis, but short Ray. Yeah. Played last year at Missouri Kansas City, played under my guy Joe Esposito, an assistant coach at at KC. But anyway, pretty good player for the Summit League. So he put his name in the portal yesterday. So I'm told these schools have reached out, but for some reason I do not see the Gophers on this list. Texas Tech, LSU, Oklahoma, Penn State, Wisconsin, Memphis, Butler, BYU, Utah State, South Florida, San Francisco, Charleston, Townsend, Wichita State, UT Martin, (laughs) Richmond, Georgia Southern, Portland, Towson, a bunch of schools, right? But I named at the beginning there the big ones. So this kid is an off guard. He could complement new point guard Mike Mitchell, the transfer from Pepperdine, pretty well. Kid's been in the portal now for 24 hours. Now, hey, maybe the Gophers have done their due diligence. They just have said, hey, you know, that's great that the kid's from Blaine High School, but just doesn't fit what we're trying to accomplish here. That's fine. You know, they can come to that conclusion. I think he would help. And to me, you need some bodies here. You've got multiple scholarships to play with. This kid could help you next year. He's got one year of eligibility left. He could help you. Your starting backcourt could be Mitchell and Mitchell. (laughs) Ray Mitchell. Right. Right. And Mike Mitchell. I mean, it could be, right? But so far, they have not touched base. But I'm telling you, I just I feel for my guy Ben and four of those guys. I mean, it's bumming me it's out. Really, really hard. Yeah, I mean, you should be bummed out, right? And then you know, Andrew Rody. I feel for my guy Johnny Tower brings in this great recruit from the state of Wisconsin. Then you lose Rody after one year to Virginia. And hey, don't get me wrong, Andrew Rody is a high major player, right? So yeah, I get it. And he can't play in the NCAA tournament for a few years at St. Thomas. So I understand it, but. Still feel bad for my guy Tower, but definitely feel bad for my guys Ben and Thor. It's really, really hard right now being a Gophers basketball coach. Absolutely. All right, Dukes, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thank you. Okay, and then Louis Varland, he's with the Twins right now in Chicago. The Saints are actually playing right now a day game at CHS Field. Louis is not with the Twins, or excuse me, not with the Saints, Saints. so he's with the Twins. So it looks like, I don't know if Tyler Malley's spot, you know, we know he's shut down for four weeks. I don't know if that roster spot or that, that turn in the rotation, if that's Wednesday or Thursday, but it's one of these games against the White Sox, not tonight. So it's either tomorrow or Thursday. Look for Louis Varlin to make that start for the Twins. Awesome stuff. Okay, see you boys. Bye-bye.